0: Hey everyone, this is Matt, and welcome to another Overflow Pod on Psalm 23 in our Goodness of God series. And what I love about this psalm is not about your commitment to God, but rather, Psalm 23 is all about God's commitment to you. It focuses on what God will do for His people, His sheep. Well, so let's read Psalm 23, remind ourselves of what it says. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the right path for his namesake. Even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare a banquet for me in front of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Notice how Psalm 23 starts with the Lord and ends with the Lord. Lord is my shepherd begins with, and it ends with, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This Psalm is really all about God and his goodness to us. And we're on this last verse. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. That's a promise. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That is heaven, the future. Now, anytime you start worrying, you need to remember the last verse of this psalm. If you have any difficulty with the future, you tend to get anxious or fearful about what's going to happen. Or you're worried or you feel anxiety welling up within you about the future. Remember this last verse because this last verse gives us three reasons you never need to fear the future. If you are a believer in Jesus. And here's the first reason. Number one, I don't need to fear the future because God is watching over me. The Bible says, surely goodness will follow me all the days of my life. Do you know that God is his goodness, his, is always paying attention to you. He's always following you. You know, You've never had a second of your life where God wasn't watching you. God's always paying attention to you. Why? Because he created you to love you. He's a good God. So how in the world can God be interested in me? I mean, there's seven and a half billion people in the world. The God who created trillions of stars can surely care about seven billion people all at the same time because we don't understand how big God is. We can't understand that he can pay 100% attention to us while paying 100% attention to everybody else. He's God. (laughs) There's never been a moment in your life where he hasn't watched. He knows every detail. He knows when you get an upset stomach. He knows when there's highs and lows, the good, the bad, the ups and downs. He's he's paying attention to you even right now. God knows you better than you know yourself. He knows the details more than you. Why? Because he's following you all the days of your life. Psalm 145, 20 says, The Lord watches over all who love him. God's goodness is watching over you. He doesn't miss any details. Not only does he not miss or watch over you, he actually protects you. You are protected from the thousands of things that you don't even know you missed. Accidents that you could have gotten into. Problems that you could have created. Decisions that you made that weren't the best. So how does God watch over you? How does God protect you? Well, one of the ways that may shock you is angels. The Bible says God created angels to walk, watch over you. And yes, they are real. Now, there's a lot of bad teachings about angels out there. There's myths, lies, and misconceptions that have no truth. When you die, you're not going to become an angel. You're not going to get wings. This isn't a Red Bull commercial. (laughs) Sorry, no wings. In the first place, angels don't have bodies. They don't have human physical bodies. They're spiritual beings. You don't talk to them. The only angel I've ever had contact with is my wife, Jeanette. Okay, that was really cheesy. Sorry about that. They don't have physical bodies. You don't talk to them. You probably never have any interaction with them in your life. But they're watching over you, protecting you. And they're actually created by God to encourage circumstances that encourage you. Psalm 91, 11 says God orders his angels to protect you wherever you go. So they're like invisible helpers. There are many ways they do this. But one of the ways is that they create circumstances that you're not aware of. You think, how in the world did that happen? Well, an angel wasn't actually. I read this in from another pastor. Here it goes. Several years ago, a young woman who was pregnant came to me for counsel. She had discovered she was carrying a Down's child, a Down's syndrome child, and she was debating, what am I gonna do with this child? Am I gonna keep the baby? Am I gonna put the baby up for adoption? What am I gonna do? Well, I raised a child, how can I do this? She was very scared and it's understandable. So I showed her some scripture, like Psalm 139, that God planned you before you were born. Every day of your life when you were in the mother's room. So you were a person because he created you and thought you up from the moment he thought you up. God, she made the decision she was going to keep the baby. So she went home, and I decided to just write her a little extra note of encouragement. So I took out a postcard, wrote some Bible verses on it, wrote a little prayer, and just a couple words of encouragement. And some stuff I showed her, I mailed that postcard to encourage the woman. And the post office, being the excellent service that they are, sent it to the wrong address. So she didn't get it. But the woman who did get it read it and decided that she would hand deliver it to that woman. So she goes over, she looks up the address, and obviously it's on the postcard. She goes to the woman's house, knocks on the door, and said, Your pastor wrote a word of encouragement to you, but somehow it got delivered to me instead. Right now, I want want you to know I have a Down syndrome child, and I want to help you through this. Wow. Now, I think an angel rerouted that postcard because that kind of stuff just doesn't happen. What's the logic of how rare a Down syndrome child is? And then the card that you wrote to a parent who's about to get one goes to somebody who has one, who went through what they're about to go through. You don't even know how many times that you may have been helped by the goodness of God. But God says, my mercy and goodness will always be with you all the days of your life. So what does that mean? Well, it doesn't mean that only good things will happen to you. Obviously, that's not true. A lot of bad things happen. A lot of disappointments. I mean, the guy who wrote this, David, I mean, he had a ton of bad stuff happen. It doesn't mean only good things will happen. When the Bible says, surely God's goodness will follow me every day. It means that God will ensure that good will come out of everything that happens to me, even the bad stuff. That's the promise. Now, everything that happens to you is good, but surely goodness will follow you. God will bring good even out of the bad stuff, the evil stuff that happens to you. You can't control what happens to you in life, but you can be sure that if the Lord is your shepherd, God will always bring good out of bad. God specializes it. Romans eight twenty eight. we all know that all that happens to us is working for our good. It doesn't say it's all good. It says it's working towards our good. If we love God and are fitting into his plans, all things do not work together for good for everybody. If you're going in the opposite direction of God and ignoring his plan, ignoring his love, all things aren't working for good. They're all working for bad probably in your life. But this is a promise for those who love God, for those who really want to go God's way and follow his purpose. If you really want my will in your life, even the bad stuff that happened to you, I will bring good out of it. Now, of course, when you go through a bad time, you never, never see good in the moment. I look back at some rough times in my life and I can honestly say, I never saw the goodness of God in the moment. When my first friend at Seminary, which is like a school for pastors, lost his child 5 days after she was born when my childhood friend lost his brother to a freak heart attack in an Eagles game when my sister's fiance died suddenly in the middle of the night next door i never saw god's goodness in the moment and every one of those they're still terrible today there's nothing good from those things but has god brought good out of it yes but in the situation even looking back it's hard to see it but God is still working, and God's goodness will follow you every day of your life. So you never need to fear the future no matter what happens because God's goodness is watching over me. The second reason is because God's grace is working in me. While God's goodness is working around me and it's watching out for me, God's grace is working in me at the moment. The Bible says, surely not just goodness, but mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Now, what is mercy? Well, mercy is grace in action. Well, when I say God's grace is working in me, I'm really talking about his mercy. Isaiah 60 verse 10 says, I will have mercy on you through my grace. Now, let me explain this. When God's grace, goodness, and mercy are going to follow you all the days of your life, what's the difference between God's goodness and God's mercy? Well, in the first place, God's goodness is when God gives you what you don't deserve. That's goodness. That's, I don't deserve all the blessings that I have in my life. That's grace. And you don't either. The air you just breathed, we didn't deserve it. The fact that your heart just took a beat, you deserve it. The fact that you live in a free country. Most of the things in your life are simply gracious gifts. And everything you have in your life is a gift from God. Grace is where God gives me what I don't deserve. Now, what's mercy? Well, mercy is the exact opposite. Mercy is when God doesn't give me what I do deserve. And when God doesn't give me what I do deserve, all the stuff, all the ways I've been mean, wrong, sinned, I failed, I've messed up, I've made mistakes, I'm self centered, I deserve punishment for that. I deserve retribution. <laughs> If God gave me everything I deserved, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. If God gave you everything you deserved, you wouldn't be taking your next breath. Grace and mercy or goodness and mercy. God gives me what I don't deserve. Mercy, God doesn't give me what I do deserve. He says both of these are going to follow me because God is a good God. I can expect both his provision and his pardon. His provision, he gives us all kinds of things. His pardon, he forgives all the bad things. Forgiveness, that's the mercy part. And because God is good, I can expect both. Now, why do you need mercy? Well, it's because we're imperfect, right? We all sin, we make mistakes, we live in a broken world. We don't always do the right thing. And we even know that. And when we don't always do the right thing, we need forgiveness all the time. You need God's mercy all the time. And aren't you glad that it says God's goodness and mercy will follow you all your life? It doesn't say God's justice will follow you all your life. Because if you got what you deserved, we wouldn't be talking. You wouldn't be listening. Psalm 103 Listen, number of ways that God shows his mercy. It's like 10 or so. In verse 2 to 13. I will not forget the glorious things that God does for me. He forgives all my sins. He heals me. That's mercy. He He ransoms me from hell. That's mercy. He surrounds me with loving kindness. Mercy. He fills my life with good things. Hmm. He is merciful and tender towards those who don't deserve it. That means us and the people that we don't like. That's mercy. He's slow to get angry. Oh, I'm glad about that one. That's mercy. He never bears a grudge. That's a big one. And Some of you don't believe that. You think that something that you did long ago, God's still trying to get even with you for it. And anything bad happens, you're saying, well, I deserve it. God's getting even with me. God doesn't carry a grudge. How many times have you heard people say, God isn't mad at you. He's mad about you. No man will ever love you like Jesus Christ. No woman will ever love you like Jesus does. Any human love is minuscule in comparison to the creator who created you and they made you simply to love you remember jesus died for you on the cross that you can ask for forgiveness for everything you have done and be forgiven and start your relationship with him and know that you will spend eternity with him in heaven he follows your life with goodness giving you the things that you don't deserve and mercy not giving you the things that you do deserve. And Psalm 102 continues, he never bears a grudge. He has not punished us as we deserve for our sins. For his mercy is as great as the height of the heavens. He's like a father to us, tender and sympathetic to those who reverence him. Now, because God's mercy is following you every day of your life, it means you can come to God with any problem, any screw up, any mess up, any fall, any failure, anything. 24 hours, he's always there because his mercy is constantly following you. There's never a moment he's not showing mercy to you. You can always come to him no matter what you're going through. It takes away your fear. The Bible says this, Hebrews 4.16, we can come before God's throne. That's talking about prayer, where we can receive mercy and grace to help us when we need it. You know, sometimes you have sin in your life that they're habitual. And we all got them. And it's areas that we continually stumble over. Maybe it's a problem with anger. You lose your temper over and over. Or you may have a problem with lust. Or you may have a problem with jealousy. Or something wrong with your mouth. You can't keep your mouth shut. So you gossip all the time. Or you criticize. Or you say mean things. And you're thinking, why did I do that? Why did I say that? And if you have an area of habitual sin, sometimes you start feeling a little guilty that you keep coming back to God for the same things. You think God's going to say, you know, God, I did it again. And he's going to say, that's enough. It's too many times. I've already forgiven that one over 5,000 times. You're done. No, it's not. It doesn't happen. And sometimes we can be embarrassed. You know, it was just five minutes ago and I can't even do it without five minutes. I feel so embarrassed. You think God is getting tired? God never gets tired of forgiving you. So don't hold back because his mercy follows you every day of your life. And it's God's nature to be merciful. He loves to show his mercy. He doesn't get tired of it or bored with it or frustrated. He's not like us. God's love shows mercy and it never stops. We read that verse again. We can come before God's throne where we can receive mercy and grace to help us when we need it. Now this phrase, "Mercy will follow me all the days of my life," it says goodness and mercy will follow me. I think of two pictures. It's kind of like a, they're kind of metaphors, and the first is you know the words are shepherd. You, he's leading the sheep, and the shepherd's out front of the sheep, and he's walking with the rod and the staff, and they're following the sheep. But at the back of the flock are a couple of border collies. They're sheep dogs. And those little sheepdogs are nipping at the heels of the sheep, making sure they don't run off into the ravine. And those sheepdogs are keeping you on the track, following the shepherd. The sheepdogs in your life are God's goodness and God's mercy. Let me introduce you to these border collies. One's called mercy. One dog, that little doggie, and one little doggie is called goodness. And God's goodness and mercy follow you as Jesus is the shepherd. Does that make sense? They're moving you in the right direction. Another picture I think of is, you know, having kids is a mom. Any mother of a toddler that, you know, a toddler makes a ton of messes, has no idea what they did, will destroy a house within you just turning around. And you know what a mom does? A mom goes around behind the child and picks up the mess without complaining. And we have no idea how many messes that we can create in our life that God has cleaned up because God's goodness and mercy were following you. You made a flippant decision, a stupid decision, and you're not going to realize the chaos you left behind. God's mercy and goodness are right behind picking up the messes. God has picked up more mess in your life than you could possibly imagine. Why? Because he's good and merciful. He gives you what you need, and he doesn't give you what you deserve. Mercy will follow me all the days of my life. God doesn't say, okay, on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we'll have goodness. Tuesday and Thursday, mercy's turn. And Saturday and Sunday, you're on your own. No, he's always merciful every moment of every day. He's always good every moment of every day. And when you fully understand that God is never not good to me, and God is never not merciful to me, when you face your future, all of a sudden your fear level goes down. And you go, so what? You don't know what's going to happen next week, much less next year or in the next 10 years, but I do know this. God's goodness and mercy will be with me and it will be bringing good even out of the bad stuff. He's going to be forgiving me. No condemnation with all the bad stuff. What are you worried about? What are you afraid of? Fear comes when you fear punishment or when you fear you're not going to have what you need when you get there. You don't have all the resources you need, but God's goodness and mercy will be with you all the days of your life, so you'll have everything you need. And you say, Well, I don't feel God's goodness all every day of my life. I don't always feel God's mercy every day. You said anything about feelings. Feelings are unreliable. Feelings come and go. Here, here's a here's a statement. God is not a feeling. God is always good to you, whether you feel it or not. God is always merciful to you, whether you feel it or not. It's based on who he is, not how you feel. Everything, absolutely everything in your life, you owe to the goodness and mercy of God. And it's going to follow you all the days of your life if the Lord is your shepherd. Remember, it's not just a feeling. Now, here's a third reason you don't need to fear the future. God's goodness is watching over me. God's grace is working in me. And here's a big one. God's glory is waiting for me. God's glory is waiting for me and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's heaven. The psalm is building up to a crescendo. I will dwell in the house of the Lord. That's the big ending. It means I don't have to fear death. It's the number one thing people fear because it's a transition. It's transfer. We're going to heaven. God saves the best for last. If you love and know Jesus if the Lord is your shepherd, it just gets better and better because even if I have a tough life here on earth, when I get to heaven, there's going to be no more sorrow or suffering or sin or sickness or sadness, problems, pains, and pressure. It's unbelievable. With Jesus, it keeps getting better and better. The best is yet to come. Now we can see a glimpse, a little glimpse of God's glory right now. And when you look at the heavens, the Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God, Psalm 19, 1. Look at all the stars. Well, God is pretty big. He's pretty powerful. You look at the sun and the moon, and when you look at the tens of thousands of plant varieties and animals and species that God created, you see his glory. God's a creative God. When you see the beauty of a sunrise and a sunset and a waterfall, you see the glory of God. You see a glimpse of it here, even on a broken, messed up planet. There's a lot of beautiful stuff here. But the Bible says that I can see God's glory in you just a glimpse because you carry the image of God in you. It's broken, but you carry that. The Bible says one day when you get to heaven, you're now going to see the full glory, the full goodness, the greatness, the full beauty of God. We're going to, take a, we're going to look at that in detail probably in a couple weeks. But the Bible says this in Isaiah 63, 15. Lord, look upon us from heaven where you live in your holiness and glory. God's complete glory in heaven is unhindered by anything. And every description that you've ever heard, pearly gauge streets of gold, they're so far inferior. They're just metaphors. They're not literal pictures. There's not going to be gold-plated streets. I mean, that's just ridiculous. It's going to be white with clouds. Who knows? You think of the greatest, most beautiful thing you've ever seen on earth and multiply that by a trillion times where there's no sin, sadness, sorrow, or suffering. And that's heaven can't imagine the details of heaven but we do know it'll be glorious first corinthians 2 9 no eye has ever seen no ear has heard no mind has ever imagined what god has prepared for those who love him wow so what in the world are you afraid of Why are you afraid of death you're going to be in a better place if the Lord is your shepherd we don't get a full picture of what heaven's going to be like but god does give us some secrets that are scattered throughout the bible And if you read the Bible, they're not secrets, but he does give us some hints. One of the things God tells us is that because he's a good and merciful God, he's made to love you. And that's his plan for you. God's plan for you at the very beginning of time, before he even created the universe, God thought you up. He wanted children. God's plan for you, and that is he prepared in advance is that he's going to share his glory with his children. That's hard to understand as an incompetent, frail sinner. Romans 9.23 says this, God wanted to reveal his abundant glory. He wanted to show you how good, how kind, how merciful he is. Which, Romans continues, was poured out on us, those who are his objects of his mercy. You are an object of God's mercy. He doesn't give us what you deserve. So if you understand that God is watching over you every day. Second, that his grace is working for you every day. And third, that God's glory is waiting for you you will have a new level of confidence in your life. You certainly won't be anxious about the future because God's goodness and grace and glory are all involved in your future. Well, I hope that has encouraged you today. And in the next pod, we're going to look at how to live fully and fearlessly each day of our lives. So God bless, and I'll see you in the next pod.